Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. And for this very special holiday episode, we have a very special holiday guest returning to the Coffeehouse podcast. Welcome back, Emily Kursky. Thank you. It's a joy to be here following some really excellent holiday episodes this season, which I would recommend most highly to listeners who may not have caught those yet. Well, thank you. And for <laughs> those of those of our listeners who might not remember you from past podcasts, Emily, what do you do? Well, principally, I'm a longtime fan of the show and of Asa and Allison, and I've listened since the beginning. And I'm currently a clarinetist in the U.S. Army Band Pershing's Own, based in Washington, D.C. But that's not the important part. It's the fan. It's the exactly, fan of the show. Exactly. That's, why, that's why we talk to you a lot. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, Emily. We have a wonderful holiday, show, holiday song competition. Allison, could you explain to our listeners just what we're doing and how this is going to work. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> we are doing essentially a March Madness style bracket of various holiday tunes. So we've selected, well, some that you listeners very graciously sent in to us, um, as well as our own ideas and favorites. And we've put them into a few different categories. There is a classical Christmas, a sacred Christmas, and a secular Christmas um, section. And we're basically going to try and put put them head-to-head in a somewhat randomized order and find who's the top. And, and there's a twist to this, too, <laughs> right? Because you might, if you're looking at our brackets, which, by the way, we've posted the brackets on our Coffeehouse Classical Instagram account, so go take a look at those if you haven't already, you might notice that there's one major omission. That is the Nutcracker Suite. And that could obviously has to be part of a Christmas bracket. Now, we just thought that the Nutcracker was potentially too powerful. <laughs> um, and it would just not give the rest of the, our uh, pieces and songs and carols a fair chance. So what we've decided to do is for our final four, the Nutcracker, the entirety of the Nutcracker gets a pass, gets a bye to the final four of this competition. And we're going to try to find something that can take it down as the best (laughs) Christmas music, scientifically proven. So why don't we get right into that? Uh, The way we're going to do this, we're going to pair two pieces of music against each other. We're going to discuss amongst ourselves to scientifically determine the best, and then that one moves on to the next round, just like brackets <laughs> typically work. So, our, for our first round, we're going to start with the classical pieces. Do you think we should make the first round a speed round? I think so. Yeah, I like okay. that. I like that. All right, so beginning with round one, O Monium Mysterium, or Magnum Mysterium, versus... Carol of the Birds. Emphasis on birds, not, not bells. <laughs> very, very we'll different. We'll get there, don't worry. Oh, and listener, quick plug, if you don't know any of these pieces or particular ones, we are sharing a Spotify playlist that has all of them in it. So go through and listen to that. Yes, that's in the episode description as well as on our Instagram, I believe. So in terms of, in terms of these two, I'm very partial to O Magnum Mysterium and especially the wind band version by Morton Lauridson. <laughs> uh, I think of, of the Magnum Mysterium versus Carol the Birds. I also like Magnum Mysterium. However, I like the Victoria version. Uh, Emily, which, which do you like? Are you in agreement? Yes, I agree. Oh. I think okay. that Victoria version is uh, very haunting, I think. It's very nice. So it will be. So, it is decided. Magnum Mysterium moves on to round two. Now, our next matchup is uh, from the Lieutenant Kijay Suite by Sergei Prokofiev, the Troika dance versus Leroy Anderson's Christmas Festival. It's a medley. <laughs> yes. I think I like the Lieutenant Kijay Suite. I would pass Kijay. Yes, I agree. Points for individuality here. Uh-huh. All right. Perfect. All right. Lieutenant Kijay Suite 
moves on. So next on our holiday matchup are two carols that I wasn't very familiar with. Um, a Coventry carol versus The Beggar Boy. The Beggar Boy. Um, I listened to this on one of my playlists that I called old yule tunes um because <laughs> it's not exactly christmasy it's just kind of like a old english folk song kind of thing and i just kind of like it because it's spirited and reminds me of a christmas carol <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i like i like the beggar boy because of the just the image in my head that you have conjured <laughs> allison wonderful <laughs> emily any opposition no opposition. All, All right. right. Beggar boy it is. The beggar boy moves forward. Our <laughs> next major matchup is going to be the Vaughn Williams arrangement of Green Sleeves, which is one of my favorite earworms, um, <laughs> and Bugler's Holiday by Leroy Anderson, which is the most fun piece for a brass section to play. In this matchup, as much as I love green sleeves, I would like Bugler's Holiday to move forward. Now, Allison, you had some thoughts. I just can't say no to Vaughn Williams. His mm -hmm. harmonies are so lush, and it's almost like a Fantasia on a theme by Thomas Tallis, which I also adore. It's one of my top 10 classical pieces. I think green sleeves is my pick. We're at a deadlock, <laughs> which means Emily. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm afraid that Allison's mention of Fantasia has swayed me entirely toward Vaughn Williams. So for that, All right. I will say Vaughn Williams. I would just say I would encourage listeners to listen to Bugler's Holiday if they have not, which I had not. Yes. And it is, yes, it's quite spirited. As Asa said, lovely feature of the brass. <laughs> Heavens. Green sleeves and Vaughn moves forward. <laughs> our next matchup in the classical bracket it is the carol drive the cold winter away which i think is actually more of a medieval hymn i want to say i believe uh, so remember. it's also on my old yule tunes playlist <laughs> <laughs> versus the skater's waltz and that was written i believe by emil waldteufel yes and now i i had not heard drive the cold winter away before this but the performance that Allison, you put on the Spotify, which is actually combined with the beggar boy for yes. those who are listening along at home. It's it's a completely different vibe and something that I love about the like winter holidays. Mm -hmm. It's just like being in a cold outside snowy evening with everything covered in snow and it's just silent. <laughs> and we have so many. Well, not as Many now that you've knocked Bugler's Holiday right out from under me. But we have so many of these these festive Christmas pieces on this list that I think that a, a different feeling mm -hmm. deserves to be celebrated here. I'll say I will be so easily swayed if Emily doesn't like Skater's Waltz. I can definitely uh, totally agree to drive the cold winter away for this one. Yes, I, I think that's great. No disrespect to Skater's Waltz, of course. I think Drive the Cold Winter Away and the others in this bracket have encouraged me to explore some of these um, older tunes in the English tradition. And I love that we're exploring these old Yuletide tunes, if you will, um, and I encourage <laughs> folks to discover them as we have. Perfect. Right. <laughs> so dis Drive the Cold Winter Away discovers itself moving forward <laughs> into the next round. So let's then go right along. Let's now pit Drive the Cold Winter Away against the first round by juggernaut of Ooh. the classical music Ooh. world, Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride. Oh, heavens. This is a tough one. Two completely different vibes. And last time I passed Drive the Cold Winter Away because it contrasted with the festive atmosphere of Skater's Waltz. But now I'm inclined to go on a sleigh ride. <laughs> okay, Asa, I see what you're saying here. I would like to play devil's advocate and mm -hmm. say, think back to when we were in college and yes. we had to play sleigh ride year after year. And we had to do rehearsals on sleigh ride year after year, mm -hmm. starting months ahead of Christmas. Do you still want to play sleigh ride? Yes, because it was all worth it. Yes. To watch Wes Kenny cue the 
the clap. The ba- cue the clapper at the back of the room. <laughs> that made it all worth it. <laughs> all right. Again, I think I can be swayed either way on this one. You know, I think Sleigh Ride because Leroy Anderson, who will note, has three pieces on this, right? Christmas Festival. That's true. Uh, Bugler's Holiday Sleigh Ride. I feel like he's contributed. His compositions have contributed to the fabric of at least the American Christmas pops, holiday pops. So I am... I'm gunning for him to go further in the bracket. Ooh, that's right. a very compelling argument. <laughs> and, it, and he's going to have some tough competition um, in the next round because our next matchup now is Handel's Messiah <laughs> and the Hallelujah Chorus in particular versus Vaughn Williams' Greensleeves. Oh, boy. <laughs> My main opinion on this is swayed by a live performance of the Colorado Symphony Orchestra. And it was brilliant. Um, I'm talking about the Messiah, by the way. Okay. <laughs> um, it was it was brilliant and it was powerful. I think that it deserves to move forward here. Again, I'll play devil's advocate here. Messiah is not technically a Christmas piece, so we've just like kind of oh, you co-opted the Hallelujah chorus. Uh huh. Um, but again, that's we regard it as a Christmas piece now. I think if I had to pick one song to have to listen to on repeat, I would pick Green Sleeves. It's funny that you should say that because I mentioned when the, we first talked about Green Sleeves, it's my favorite earworm, <laughs> and and I'm not lying to you when I say that that's literally all that I've been hearing in my head since we started talking about it. <laughs> is Green Sleeves? Oh no. Maybe I'm just trying to knock it out so I can knock it out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, what do you think? I would just say on the point of the Messiah, I had the opportunity to play it just yesterday, actually. And there's an entire portion of it that is dedicated to musical retelling of the nativity. So this is something I didn't know for many years, just hearing the Hallelujah Chorus portion. Listeners might be interested to listen to more of the Messiah um, because there's a more direct connection to the season. And it's uh, beautifully orchestrated, as Asa said, very simple at times, very powerful at times. And I think this longstanding nature of it is quite impressive that, you know, it's so well known and still frequently performed, especially at this time of year, uh, despite being written, you know, in the mid 1700s. So I, mm, tough. Mm. I think I would mm, vote for that one in the end. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Those Messiah. were very good, al- good arguments. I have been swayed. I will accept the holiday chorus into my life. <laughs> and we'll still hear green sleeves in our ears. So, <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Our next matchup in this second round is Lieutenant Kije versus the Beggar Boy. Oh, because they're both. Yeah, I think we picked them because they were more unique. Right. So it's a great matchup in that regard because we're trying to decide which of these more unique takes on Christmas carols that we like. Could the coffee house hosts provide? a brief um, background of the Kiji suite for those like me who are unfamiliar. For those who've not uh, heard or are familiar with the Lieutenant Kiji suite, which we do not blame you. It is a bit rare. Um, It is a Russian piece, of course, by Prokofiev. And it's actually a, isn't it a film? And then this is the background. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, And it focuses on basically the Russian bureaucracy and somebody makes a fake person who is lieutenant kijay who is then assigned to do all these tasks by his uppers his upper management yeah it's it's a very light-hearted tone to a movie and the um i can't remember if the if the troika movement was explicitly in a christmas scene i think it's something about a sleigh ride oh there right, it and is. It, it's, okay and it's very <laughs> commonly associated with the christmas season now at least here in america in popular culture Oh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. I think Lieutenant Kijay has more of the kind of cultural zeitgeist feeling of like people know it. I feel like the beggar boy people don't really know. So if we had to pick something that would like mass appeal to people, because I think a lot of people go into like Christmas music, like I don't know this song. I don't like it. So I think mm-hmm. that more people would like Lieutenant Kijay Sweet. Well, remember, we are beholden to no one here. We are beholden to no one on this podcast. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, as Emily decisions. said before, like we're trying to 
bring out some more unknown things and, you know, expand our horizons. That is oh, true. Gosh, this is very difficult. Mm. What, what I will say, go listen to the to the little beggar boy. It's on our playlist that's linked in the description. It's it's very good. But when I listen to Lieutenant KJ, the Troika movement, I have a very vivid image in my head of children opening presents in Christmas morning <laughs> and going outside and having a snowball fight. And it's just delightful. Lieutenant KJ is my pick for this one. All right. I agree. Emily? Yes, I also agree. All right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Lieutenant KJ is promoted to colonel <laughs> like he does in the film. <laughs> Our next bracket, uh, you might remember O Magnum Mysterium made it through round one. It is now paired up against Carol of the Bells. Which, again, has a bunch of versions. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just some of the ones that we came up with, which I guess we could argue are not technically classical all the time, but there's like the Trans-Siberian <laughs> Orchestra version, the Mannheim Steamroller version, um, the Lindsey Sterling violin cover version, Pentatonix acapella version. Is our um, John Williams arrangement from Home Alone. Iconic, classic, Absolutely. wonderful, immaculate. <laughs> um, you also can find some really nice handbell choir versions, which when I listen to in my headphones really hurt my ears. <laughs> so for they that, that's not Those my favorite. bells are, they, they attack, don't they? <laughs> Does anyone have any thoughts to begin us? Well, uh, of the two of them, I think Carol the Bells is more well-known. I, I, I think it fits the season more. Yes. It's, it's got a lot going for it, and I think it's an easy pick for me over Magnum Mysterium for a Christmas mm-hmm. holiday piece of music. Seconded. Yeah. All right. So that'll bring us into our next, uh, the next portion of the classical music bracket, um, the next round, which will see Carol of the Bells. It's time to talk about it because it's going up against Lieutenant KJ. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> huh. All right. So let's let's talk Carol of the Bells. I think it's undeniably iconic. There's so much that has been done with a very simple theme over the years. And I think I'm talking here about it as not in necessarily any specific version, but talking about it as a holistic entity. Um, and it's got so much going that I like I can think of each one of these versions that you mentioned And I like all of them for different reasons. The way that it's been able to connect on so many different levels is so special. I definitely agree with that. I would like to argue for Lieutenant Kijay. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Kijay is a original. It's not like a traditional song that's just been redone a bunch of times. It's just it is itself. And the way Prokofiev has orchestrated it. And the really wacky harmonies that he has chosen to use. That's true. It's just, it's festive in like the most Whoville type of way to me in in that respect. <laughs> Even if obviously it has nothing to do with the Grinch, but um, it's so fun. And I just, I love it so much. <laughs> but it is just the one piece, of course, whereas if, as you said, Carol the Bells, it's like everywhere. It's permeated. You can do anything to it, basically. Well, you've I think you've got a good point there, Alice, and I think that Carol of the Bells potentially the ubiquity might be sort of a downside because you I hear it everywhere and it it is so permeating that, you know, potent the the originality of Lieutenant Kijay as a Christmas piece doesn't just extend to like the way it was written originally and the mm-hmm. harmonies and and the complexities inside that piece. It extends to that, you know, you might rarely hear it and it's a treat when you do i was just gonna say it's a real treat (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know i think that that might sway me oh really okay that might sway me emily what do you think Mm. yes well said on both both counts i think in the interests of expanding people's knowledge of this great prokofiev piece i will i will be swayed toward it as well yes okay huzzah all right He's moving forward. We like love to see the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's then pit a real underdog, two real underdogs together. Handles Messiah versus Sleigh Ride. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't know. You know so, these are like the two big ones. 
they they are the two big ones and it's hard my heart says my heart my mind says messiah but my heart says sleigh ride <laughs> my heart also says sleigh ride i think i've just got to you know just got to go with a gut check gut decision here i think the holidays is all about what's in your heart <laughs> mm-hmm. um are there any objections to sleigh ride moving forward nope all right. let's do it no nope. <laughs> And for the final top spot in the classical music bracket, Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride appropriately gets paired with Lieutenant <laughs> Kijay. Interesting. Sergei Prokofiev, will the underdog triumph or is he going to succumb to the festive juggernaut? Oh my goodness. This is really tough because I think my argument for Lieutenant Kijay against Sleigh Ride is going to be exactly the same as it was against Carol the Bells. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have to decide this time how festive does it make us feel? I don't know. That, that That's not really the criteria we've been going with for anything else. Well, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, I mentioned when we passed Lieutenant KJ, I think over Beggar Boy, like the image it conjured in my mind, festive happenings. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough because now I'm going to dunk on it for being potentially too original. <laughs> for a Christmas when paired against Sleigh Ride, I think about which one of these puts me into a holiday mood, and I think Sleigh Ride's bells just jingle a little bit harder for me. (laughs) (laughs) They really strapped on the jingle bells. They really did. (laughs) I think, for me, Lieutenant KJ gets out jingled. (laughs) And I'm not going to say that Sleigh Ride also is not well orchestrated and not, like, original. I mean, it has oh, absolutely. The, the whip crack in it like that. You don't hear that anywhere. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has like just enough variation throughout its entire like playtime. Like each little chorus is just a little different. It keeps mm-hmm. your interest up. I feel like I am leaning on Slay a Ride with you, Asa. Emily, what are, what are your Ooh, thoughts? Yes, I agree 100%. Leroy Anderson takes okay. it all. Not to mention, it does have <laughs> the iconic, both the whip crack and the horse, Winnie, which we have oh, not that's addressed. That's right! Yeah. Ooh. I feel like, yeah, so many folks have, you know, ties to that piece, whether it's playing it, you know, in their younger days, perhaps in band or as professionals or listening to it. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, that's such part of our kind of shared musical experience at this time of year. And yes. even though we passed up Bugler's Holiday and we didn't give the trumpet players their gift there, they still get that yes, horse whinny at the end. So, <laughs> they so <do>. token <laughs> trumpet happiness. Yes. <laughs> yes. Great point All right, there. Leroy Anderson and Sleigh Ride will move forward into the final four Woo! to take on the Nutcracker as well as the winners of our next two brackets. So we're going to move right on, I think, into the bracket of the Sacred. Christmas carols. So we have 16 of our favorite traditionally sacred Christmas carols. Now I think round one, we should do a same similar speed round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like okay. that. I like that. All right. So beginning with round one, angels we have heard on high versus Oh Holy Night. Angels oh, oh, we Holy Night. Oh, All oh right. no. <laughs> two to one. Oh Holy Night moves forward. Round two. We Three Kings versus Silent Night. We Three Silent Kings. Silent Night. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so let's let's continue. Next round is Away in a Manger versus Go Tell It on a Mountain. On a mountain. Go the Tell mountain. It on the, the Mountain. mountain. <laughs> go, go Tell in It a Manger. Mountain. Oh, okay. Oh, Go Tell It. We're telling let's go it. Let's Go Tell It on the Mountain of the next round. <laughs> And our next comp, our next matchup, O Little Town of Bethlehem versus What Child Is This? <laughs> what, what child, what is, child this? is this? <laughs> One, two, three. What child, child, child is Bethlehem. this? What child is this? <laughs> uh, next, ma- next matchup is O Come Emmanuel versus Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> Little Drummer Boy. Emmanuel. Oh, man. Those are both. <laughs> They're all good. All worth listening they to. They are all good. But O Come Emmanuel will move forward. Next is Hark the Herald Angels Sing versus The Holly and the Ivy. The Holly, Holly and the Ivy. The oh. <laughs> Emily, did you say Holly and the Ivy? Yes, I do. <laughs> I will say, this is the only one on this list that I hadn't heard. The Holly and the Ivy? We, 
yeah, yeah. until uh, until we did this and i decided that i like it a lot Ooh. an immediate convert nice an immediate convert yes <laughs> And next is Joy to the World versus O Come All Ye Faithful. Joy, Joy, Joy to, the to the World. world. Yes. Whoa, that, I think, is our first unanimous. <laughs> Joy. And then finally for this first speed round, the first Noel versus Hanukkah. Oh, Hanukkah. First Hanukkah, Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah. Oh, Hanukkah. Ooh, okay. Oh, that's a good one. I, too, was rediscovering it. It's just got so so much energy. Yes. So So why don't we, now for our next pass through this bracket we can have a little bit more discussion i think okay um so why don't we then talk about hanukkah oh hanukkah versus joy to the world i mean hanukkah oh hanukkah is bouncy it's fun it's kind of you know in certain arrangements has that klezmer flair that Mm -hmm. we also enjoy on the clarinet (laughs) (laughs) and i i guess it's it's not necessarily fair to call it a christmas carol However, I do absolutely song. remember singing it as a Christmas carol when my family would go caroling for the few oh, years really? that we lived in a suburb. <laughs> so, you know, for, for me, at least, it fits that bill. I think I've heard it enough and played it enough for, like, holiday holiday things that it seems, like, iconic for the holidays for me. Mm-hmm. But so what does Joy to said. the World. Yeah, as much as I do like a good dreidel. That's a different song. <laughs> that That is. I think it does. Hanukkah oh Hanukkah does mention a dreidel, though. It does, yes. Joy to the world. The second that it hits your ears, it's magnificent. Mm-hmm. And that's of my Of note, this is actually the first part of Leroy Anderson's Christmas festival. Yes, that's right. Ah, okay. So Leroy Anderson getting yet another nod here in the holidays. <laughs> I think it speaks to the discussion we've been having of kind of ubiquity of certain tunes versus mm-hmm. a maybe more festive, lesser known. Um, I think, yeah, Joy to the World is just so prevalent. And uh, I think Joy to the World maybe wins for me. All right. Let's that move it said, on then. I'd also like to just point out Hanukkah, Hanukkah. I'm not sure how sacred it really is. I don't want to step on anyone's Hanukkah toes if it's truly not in the correct category. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Maybe not the best fit for this bracket, but it made it on the list, though. It did. And Iconic it made it the enough first to round. be in the bracket, at least. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And our next matchup, then, being the Holly and the Ivy matched up against Ocum Emmanuel. Very different tones on these ones. I'm coming at this you know, from the perspective of someone who is not deeply religious and. The perspective that I have on most of these are how much fun they are to sing as a child as a Christmas carol. <laughs> and The Holland and the Ivy, as excellent as it is, has some challenging vocal leaps. <laughs> that sounds excellent when played by, when sung by a professional, but less excellent when sung by a child. <laughs> That's fair. Whereas O Come O Come Emmanuel is very, I guess, I think it dates back all the way to Gregorian chant. Mm. It is, um, it is uh, just just some some quick googling. It is a paraphrase of O Antiphons, a series of plain chant antiphons attached to the Magnificat Vespers. So it, it does actually have its roots in um, in Gregorian chant which is cool, and Latin text. I like that. Mm-hmm. That and makes I ma- do as my well. holidays spirited. Yes, indeed. It's got history. It's got caroling appeal. Nice. Oh, come Emmanuel to the next round. <laughs> next is what child is this versus go tell it on the mountain? Um, as we were briefly kind of alluding to in the speed around with the title of what child is this? It mm-hmm. is, it's just very funny to me. <laughs> like someone just coming along, finding this poor baby. Like, what child is this? What child is this? And where are its parents? <laughs> oh, no. I know that's not the sentiment of the song at all, but the title has always been a bit funny to me. There. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I also really like the song. It is great. And it's difficult because I also really like it for its caroling appeal. But man, Go tell it on the mountain, 
every rendition that I hear of that, everyone's having so much fun singing it. <laughs> Which almost made me question when I was making the playlist as well, like, is this really in the sacred piece or the sacred part? Or should this be put mm -hmm. more in the secular section? But just because it's fun doesn't mean it can't be sacred. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> The lyrics, I think, definitely place it in this bracket. Mm -hmm. And of the two, I would like to go tell it on the mountain because it is so much fun to sing and to listen to. And I know what child, let's be honest, I know what child it is. <laughs> you don't need anyone to tell you. You I already need anyone know. anyone to tell me what child is this. <laughs> All right. Well, in the name of fun, I can be convinced to go tell it on the mountain. Emily, yes. do you have any objections? No, I agree. I agree entirely. All right. So our final matchup in this second round then is the Battle of the Knights, Ooh. Oh Holy Night and Silent Night. <laughs> Are these the same knights? I believe canonically, yes. Yeah, I think so. They are the same knights. Isn't it? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, yes. I think so. I'm thinking of the lyrics, yeah. I guess then which of these two tells it better? Ooh. I like the melody of Oh Holy Night. I feel like it like just it just keeps flowing. It, there's no pause. Whereas Silent Night, like the da 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 and then like you stop mm -hmm. and then you sing it again. I think I just I like the way Oh Holy Night just powers through in a very like luxurious way. I think it is more complex, certainly, Oh Holy Night, right? Mm -hmm. Often it's arranged in these really beautiful, you know, power chorus you know it's building up to this peak and then it also has a bit more to it like it has kind of the verse and the chorus um where silent night i think is a bit more kind of straightforward hymn format so mm -hmm. i think um oh holy night perhaps is a bit more memorable in that way silent night is definitely older i think mm -hmm. as a song and mm -hmm. in, in more popular music um the the earliest that i could find for oh holy night was that it was actually built based on a poem written in 1843. So significantly newer mm -hmm. than a lot of the music on this on this list. I think Silent Night was based on a poem as well, though. Right, but not of the same era. True. But, you know, significantly older. And I think the, mm -hmm. the fact that Oh Holy Night has managed to place itself in the pantheon of classic mm -hmm. Christmas mm -hmm. carols deserves some recognition and as much as i like silent night i prefer my nights holy they don't need to be quiet <laughs> i'm on board i agree all right so then um oh holy night we're moving back down the list oh holy night will then be paired against go tell it on the mountain Ooh. and uh and and once again i have to say i am all up on the top of that mountain for this one <laughs> yes i agree I think I like Oh Holy Night. It fits more of the like classical carol structure in my head. I think Go Tell It on the Mountain doesn't like it doesn't fit the mold, which can be a good thing, but I don't know. My my heart, which if we're following our hearts, it just it doesn't fit what I want it to be. So for this. so you reward Lieutenant Kije for originality. <laughs> That that was in looking at more classical music. This is looking at like sacred mm -hmm. carols. It's a different vibe and go tell it on the mountain just it doesn't fit the vibe that my brain says it should be. See, I'm a nonconformist. I'm going to be singing the mountain's praises the whole way through. So I guess Emily, it comes down to you. I appreciate the kind of the context that Allison was talking about with these slower maybe more contemplative sacred tunes but i think go tell it on the mountain because the message of the piece captures the joy of christmas actually and um i think you're right too asa that it stands out in a way that merits it advancing all right go tell it on the mountain we'll be <laughs> progressed to be the <laughs> final round of the <laughs> sacred bracket and it will match up against the winner of the next one which is O come emmanuel versus joy to the world from a music perspective, I appreciate O Come Emmanuel more because of the history and because of different arrangements that I particularly like that have some very interesting harmonies in them. But Joy to the mm -hmm. World is much more singable. Hmm. That's true, which is important for a carol. 
Mm-hmm. I could be swayed to Okuma Emmanuel based on its history. Oh boy, Emily, what are your arguments? I vote for Okuma Emmanuel uh, as well for the history and to have a representation of the choral tradition in sacred holiday music that comes okay. back a little, a little further, right, and has mm-hmm. that perhaps caroling in the monasteries of old feeling. <laughs> yes, ooh, I like that. And I I think that's also a good point of like, if we want something that represents this entire bracket to go forward to the final, like I think that does, it it is a sacred carol for sure. Yes. And that's, that's a good point. I think that might give it legs in its final matchup, which it get, which of course is against go tell it on the mountain. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good point. So uh, (laughs) let's, let's tell from the mountain shall Emmanuel come. I don't know what I was trying to All say right. there. Um, I think I could be from the argument that you just made. I think that I could come around to Okum Emmanuel because okay. as much as Go Tell It on the Mountain makes so much joy for everyone involved in performing and listening to it, Okum Emmanuel does represent the bracket so well. Yes, yeah. there it is. I think that's it's, what it really comes down to for yes. me. Like, I don't think Go Tell It on the Mountain's bad. I just don't, it doesn't match with what I want it to be, as I said before. <laughs> all right, all in favor of Ocum Emmanuel? Yes. Yes. All yes. right. <laughs> and Ooh. into the last bracket, which is Secular Carols. You ready? Let's I'm do so it. ready. All righty. Secular Carols, round one, Winter Wonderland versus Auld Lang Syne. Auld Winter Lang Syne. Wonderland. Winter Wonderland. Oh, man. All right. Winter Wonderland <laughs> moves through. <laughs> Round two. Oh, this is going to be tough for me. I know. Round I was just looking at some of these. They're hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer versus the 12 Days of Christmas? 12 Days of Rudolph. Christmas. Rudolph Christmas. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Rudolph. You were good enough for Santa, but not good enough for the coffee house. <laughs> Uh, in round three, we have the timeless classic Jingle Bells versus the timeless modern classic All I Want for Christmas is You. Jingle, Jingle Bells. bells. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask both of you, is your experience of All I Want for Christmas is You tainted at all by its prevalence in retail stores? Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> As as someone who worked at Target at one point, I oh, can yes. absolutely say yes. <laughs> That's almost like Target's Christmas theme song. It's their anthem. Yeah. <laughs> Good song. Mariah Carey does a great job. I can't stand listening to it anymore. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, yes. That's so true. Yes. So next round is going to be Feliz Navidad versus I Believe in Father Christmas. At least I believe in Father Christmas. (laughs) Sorry, Allison. Neither Emily nor I believe in Father Christmas. I was trying to push Lieutenant KJ through with this one instead. (laughs) Because I think this song is why we really associate the Lieutenant KJ suite with Christmas, because it's that melody put into a pop song. Oh, right. Oh, well. But KJ already made it extremely far, so, you know. (laughs) Next round, Wassail. Versus Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. (laughs) Are you so why do you like Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? (laughs) It's just exciting. (laughs) (laughs) That's undeniable truth. It's um, promoting safety. Reindeer safety. You should always be on the lookout. Well, reindeer, both grandma and reindeer safety. Frosty the Snowman, which is in- entirely not um, macabre at all, and my favorite things. Frosty my the favorite snowman. things. Frosty snowman. Aww. <laughs> Sorry, Allison, that song is not one of my favorite things. It's okay. Next round is Oh Christmas Tree versus Here We Come a Caroling. Here We Come oh, a Christmas Caroling. Tree. Christmas Tree. And our final speed round matchup is Up on the Housetop versus Jolly Old St. Nicholas. Ooh, very similar vibes on these ones. I know, right? Yes. Up on Jolly the Housetop. Jolly Old St. Nicholas. 
up on the housetop. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so let's then go back up the brackets, taking up on the housetop versus Oh Christmas Tree. In my opinion, this this bracket is decided by a Charlie Brown Christmas Carol in uh. which Oh Christmas Tree is used tremendously well. I like that. I agree. It's a compelling yes. song. That is quite a good picture. Yes. A compelling up on the house song. Top is cute, but it I don't is. think it has much much heart to it. Right. And Charlie Brown is both cute and full of heart. Yeah. Yes. Right, let's pick that one. All right, then Frosty the Snowman will match up against Wassail. <laughs> Let's first talk, what the heck is Wassail? Actually, if you're really curious what Wassail is, I'd like to plug a really nice YouTube channel called Tasting History with Max Miller. Mm-hmm. He's charming, and he has a whole video that he recently put out about the history of Wassail. It basically, it's a liquidy applesauce, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> But also the activity of going door to door and having just a merry old time. Every time I think of of this, I think of both the wassail song as well as Here We Come a Wassailing. Yeah, but that's Here We Come a Caroling, basically, that we just got rid of in the first right. round. Right. And, and for that, I mean, for that reason, I think that a song about a magical snowman who disrespects police and then dies is going to... <laughs> Is still going to proceed further in my mind. It wins this matchup for me. <laughs> but I think it's important that we make a proper nod to the practice and the tradition of Wassel. Oh, wait, so what's your pick? Oh, Frosty the Snowman. Okay. <laughs> I think of these two, I'd prefer Frosty. All right. Yes, I agree. I mean, that's an iconic description, so I love that. Speaking of iconic... Our next matchup is Feliz Navidad versus Jingle Bells. I'd like to posit that the lyrics for Feliz Navidad are so basic (laughs) and there's no point to it. Whereas Jingle Bells, there's a little bit of a story there if you listen to all the verses. True. If we go from that route, there are other songs that are just describing what you got for Christmas and other songs... If we take an episode or example from the previous bracket, just asking what this kid is doing here. So, <laughs> basic. <laughs> I don't think that basic lyrics necessarily disqualify <laughs> a piece of music from this competition. I don't like your argument because in what child is this? You figure out who that kid is. They tell you uh-huh. eventually. Right and. In Feliz Navidad, he wants to wish you a Merry Christmas, and does. Many times. <laughs> so, I, I do think that I prefer Jingle Bells in this matchup, not for that reason, but for a similar reason to All I Want for Christmas is You. I Personally, I have overheard Feliz Navidad lately, and in fairness, Jingle Bells, we were able to make an entire episode out of that. I bet we could make an mm. entire episode about Feliz Navidad if we tried. But here's the thing. I don't particularly want to. Okay. (laughs) So that's why Jingle Bells gets my vote. All right. (laughs) Nice. Do you agree, Emily? Agreed, yes. All right. The next round, Winter Wonderland (laughs) versus 12 Days of Christmas. I think Winter Wonderland is very descriptive, very image conjuring. You know, it just sounds like a good time. Like, you're making plans with your friends. You're going to go have some fun. It sounds delightful. (laughs) Sounds like a good time, yes. (laughs) For 12 days of Christmas, you have to deal with all these ridiculous birds. (laughs) (laughs) I have one goose at home. I don't need a a bunch more swans. (laughs) I will say, I I like the comedy which the 12 days of Christmas brings. There's lots of renditions that are not the regular Mm -hmm. whatever amounts of things. But I, I'm with you, Allison. I would love to walk in a winter wonderland to the next round. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so then let's um, get right to it. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Winter Wonderland versus Jingle Bells. Oh, boy. I think they are describing basically the exact same thing. 
Yes, yeah, which I think, which is why this is such a great matchup. I think Winter Wonderland has more activities planned for your day than Jingle Bells does. <laughs> than just a sleigh ride? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if I had to plan my day around a song, I'd pick Winter Wonderland's agenda. Remember, the winner of this bracket is going to face Sleigh Ride. I think that we've already we've already given the Sleigh Rides their due. So when, I, I like Winter Wonderland. Agreed. Awesome. Yes. More fun to it's more fun to sing too if you're not four. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Then, uh, oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, versus Frosty the Snowman. Oof. Both talking about things that are going to last only for the Christmas season and then mm-hmm. die. Both, both ephemeral items. The holiday spirit <laughs> itself is often sadly fleeting. <laughs> If it's me, I'm going back to Charlie Brown Christmas, mm-hmm. and I'm picking O Christmas Tree. Yep, I, I agree. I agree. Frosty's right. too macabre for this holiday. Yes. <laughs> well, Frosty's just a little scamp. <laughs> Final round of the secular carols, and your selections are Winter of Wonderland versus O Christmas Tree. I think if we go with the mentality of what represents a secular carol. I think they both fit the bill pretty well. I do too. But I would say that I think Winter Wonderland potentially fits it slightly better. Because although I, do, it does not directly discuss the topic of Christmas, I don't know if Christmas is mentioned in here at all. It's just such a it's just such a descriptive song and it doesn't just describe what I like more most about the holiday, but about the whole season. And as I'm thinking of the lyrics of A Christmas Tree, at least the ones I can remember, it's also pretty basic. That's very true. It says, look, Christmas tree, you look great today. (laughs) But again, Winter Wonderland, you got your whole day planned from dawn till dusk. (laughs) I am in favor of a Winter Wonderland. Allison, do you agree? Mm Mm-hmm. Emily, any objections? No, I agree. Absolutely. Here's our final four. As a recap, the winner of your classical music Christmas bracket was Sleigh Ride. Your winner of the sacred carol Christmas bracket was O Come Emmanuel. And your winner of the secular carols Christmas bracket is Winter Wonderland. Now, to have a nice, tidy top four, we need a fourth contender. And that is being provided in the form of... The Nutcracker. (laughs) I think let's get right down to business because our first matchup is incredibly appropriate. (laughs) It is Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride versus Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker. It's so difficult. It is so difficult. And that's that's why I love the way that it shuffled this up. It's perfect. (laughs) So I guess immediate arguments is Sleigh Ride is just one piece that's all you get whereas nutcracker you know it's like a good hour and a half of various different music and you have all sorts of different styles that you get to listen to and dancing as well let's not forget that it's an entire ballet Mm -hmm. let's discuss sleigh ride for a moment then because it, it it will have it is the underdog in this case i think against the nutcracker but i think it is a masterpiece in modern orchestration um it's it manages to be very emotive very memorable while still being very complex and building off of what is ultimately you know a single simple vocal line it's just fun and i think the vocal line itself i'm thinking of the lyrics of course not necessarily like the traditional leroy anderson version that we hear but when we do hear it with lyrics Mm -hmm. i think the lyrics are just like so nice and welcoming and heartwarming and like that's Mm -hmm. the spirit of the season like let's just do some fun stuff together i agree with you wholeheartedly that's that's really hard to replicate and and i think that's the fact that it does it so much more concisely than say the nutcracker spread out over an hour and a half (laughs) of of ballet and, and music i think that's something to be commended yes good point i think it is 
you know, it's quite diverse in every category, genre, from the Nutcracker and scope. But I think you're right. It does concisely what a, you know, great moment from the Nutcracker does, which, yeah, evokes all of these holiday, you know, associations for people and spreads this feeling of good cheer. So, yes, I think it's a worthy, a worthy contender. <laughs> Here's a Let's... potential hot take against the Nutcracker. Let's hear a hot take. So it's a two-act ballet. I would say the first act as a whole, pretty forgettable. It's really only the second act that has the really popular, memorable tunes. That is an extremely hot take. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the quality over the quantity. Sleigh Ride, it's small, but the whole thing is good. Whereas Mm -hmm. the Nutcracker, if people really are not liking the first act, then it's like a whole half of the piece wasted. I think, you know, I think that's fair. If we look at the pieces, the, the, the selections from the Nutcracker that most represent the season, but I think like the March of the Snow, the Waltz of the Snowflakes definitely stands out from there. It's extremely strong. And as is the March, I will say that actually. From Act One, the March and Waltz of the Snowflakes are both extraordinarily strong. Mm-hmm. So although the whole the whole act one might be weak, thinking about it in terms of the holiday music, the march on its own <laughs> is hard to separate from Christmas for me. I agree there. And then when we're getting into second act, you know, like the Sugar Plum Fairy, Waltz of the Flowers, Dance of the Reed Flutes, you know, all those real mm-hmm. classic guys. Basically, the things that are included in the Fantasia cartoon animation. You know, I think everyone knows those pieces. And if they started playing, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a Christmas song. Even if they didn't quite know where it was from. So I think it definitely has the staying power for the holiday. And, you know, as we pointed out in a previous rendition of something that we were talking about, it's older, but it is still persistent in, in, in our thoughts and minds. Right, and if and if we look at other pieces of classical music, I think that it's it's difficult for classical music to penetrate into popular culture sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the fact that the march, the dance of the sugar plum fairies, that some of these selections from the Nutcracker have become synonymous with the holidays in popular culture at least American popular culture, again, remember our perspective, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is testament to how well it represents the season. You know, I think ultimately it's it's very difficult to weigh any of these pieces against, you know, a full ballet, which I think I commend the effort to try to do so. But <laughs> Well, that's yes, why we I left agree. this to the end, because otherwise yes. I would have just breezed through the rest of it. So... <laughs> True, true, true. Yeah, I think even the the overture, I don't know if that's what you mean by the march, but it's um even the overture I think is very evocative for people. Yeah. And that's something yeah, that transcends to many cultures and traditions potentially, at least, you know, European tradition and American tradition at this season, I think. Yes, mm-hmm. it's quite quite um long established and deservedly, so Emily, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that like holiday performances of the Nutcracker in particular are some of like performing on performing groups, like their highest attended and most successful concerts of the year. Oh, certainly. For years and, and yeah, years and years. Yeah, that's a great point of like uh, most major ballet companies, for example, have, you know, their Nutcracker season. Mm-hmm. And I can't think yeah. of another ballet that does that, you know, every year. So uh, you know, repeated performance every year. So, yeah, and those, I, yeah, that draw in a, a large audience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. As you know, as as much as sometimes I I want to vote for the underdog in this case, I have to give this matchup to the Nutcracker. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, advancing to the finals <laughs> is the Nutcracker. The nutcracker. <laughs> is anyone surprised? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so this is now our matchup of the Carols. Uh, Our secular winner, Winter Wonderland, versus our sacred winner, O Come Emmanuel. Oh, gosh, I think this one is also super hard. Yes. (laughs) I mean, reviewing the arguments that we've used for both of them that got them here in the first place, 
Winter Wonderland is so iconic, so descriptive, so festive, and just heartwarming. And yes. O Come Emmanuel is like the historical thing. And it mm. does that so well. It is. And, and the, the history of O Come Emmanuel is really hard to ignore. Uh, it, it's really exciting to see a, a song that's, you know, been passed down for so long mm -hmm. in so many different forms to see where it is today as what we might think of as a simple carol. Right. Right. A full, you know, two some centuries earlier than Winter Wonderland, which I think was the <laughs> 1930s is when okay. it was originally different or originally <laughs> written. Sounds legit. I'm going to make the argument again of us being a classical music podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like classical or like instrumental versions of Winter Wonderland. I just don't think that they hit the same as like like an I Ella mean, Fitzgerald Winter Wonderland. Like that's right. what I think of. And if we're going for this is classical music that we're promoting, I think Okama Manuel has to take that. I mean, I I I don't necessarily disagree. On the same token, I mean, Ella Fitzgerald's rendition, Artie Shaw's, it just incredibly good. And there is so much overlap, I think, with with genres, I don't think we can necessarily <laughs> limit ourselves to simply rewarding the most historical piece. Mm -hmm. I know this is a bit the easy way out, but I think I'm really enthused by our four finalists that in the way that they represent each category, you know, that we explored. Mm -hmm. I think they're really good representations and I think they're too distinct really to, to narrow from there. <laughs> but I think I would probably be swayed toward the historical and the kind of thematic arguments for O Come Emmanuel in the end. Okay, okay. That's okay. very good. You know, I think I, I can agree. Yes. Oh, heaven. So I, you I both have, have to... voted for O Come Emmanuel already? I can be swayed to O Come Emmanuel. I think that... Emily's answer is locked in, though. I think so. All yeah. right, yeah. all right. All right. Mm. Okay, and Asa can be swayed. Yeah. Gosh, I can also be swayed. So just one of us needs to pick something. <laughs> oh man. It's it's so difficult. Okay, but I, think I think when I'm when I'm puttering around my house, listening to my Christmas <laughs> tunes, as I said before, I have my stupid little playlist that's called Old Yule Tunes. Okama Manual <laughs> is on that, Winter Wonderland is not. So I'm gonna pick Okama Manual. <laughs> All right. Nice. There it is. There it is. Ocome oh Emmanuel. Now, the grand final, the best Christmas <laughs> tune scientifically proven by the Coffeehouse Classical Music <laughs> Podcast. It all comes down to this, friends and listeners. In one corner, the Nutcracker. And in the other corner, Ocom Emmanuel. Let's let's discuss. Oh, this, uh, where to begin? <laughs> I know. Let's take a gut reaction first. Okay. Then we'll discuss and then we'll come around. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to take this in the context of I'm making a new playlist for myself. Mm -hmm. Which am I going to add first? I'm probably going to add Okama Manuel first. Yeah. Okay. But I think it's because it is just that one bit. It's like, I don't have to think about what parts of this am I going to like. It's just going to be that, and I know what it is, I know what I'm getting into, and I know I like it. Emily, what does your gut say? You know, I was just curious which is older, because mm -hmm. I think my gut uh, agrees with what we've discussed of the historical significance and therefore leans toward the hymn. But uh, they're actually not, according to some research, that far apart. It's looking about 30 oh. years or so. Interesting. Oh, I see. So really, our historical significance is really the text of Okama Manuel, not necessarily all of the, the tunage. Right. Interesting. All right. All right. So, from, so then from your gut, Emily, if you were to pick one right now. Mm, I think Okama Manuel. And my, my gut tells me Nutcracker. Okay. Asa, <laughs> it's your job yes. to then convince us to Nutcracker. Yes, it is. <laughs> Let us Nutcracker with you. Let how about come come with me? Let's let's all nutcracker together. Okay. Um I think 
first. From the standpoint, Allison, that you have used several times when talking about tunes on this podcast and these matchups, as a classical music podcast, the significance of the Nutcracker and the masterpiece of composition and orchestration that it represents fits that perfectly. Outside of just a Christmas song, outside of a holiday setting, um, the Nutcracker has legs on a broader, on a much broader musical level. I see. Yes, yes. And so for that reason, I think it's a lot more enjoyable to listen to outside of the holiday season. I mean, you can listen to O Come Emmanuel whenever you want, right? <laughs> but it's I, I, I would challenge you to find it performed, or I would challenge you to put O Come Emmanuel unironically on a non-holiday playlist. <laughs> I think that that argument is very compelling. I'm going to bring up Fantasia again, because Mm -hmm. what the director says when he's introducing the Nutcracker there is, well, you won't find much of that story here. All that's left is the name. Mm -hmm. They completely like took it out of holiday. They made it something completely unholiday related. And you're right. It it works. It still is there. Still perfect. That's the main reason why I think why I'm thinking Nutcracker right now is 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 not just because of his holiday significance, but because of his musical significance as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring forth another argument, and I'm not sure which way it's necessarily swaying me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick something that my family would want to listen to during Christmas dinner, they would want to listen to the Nutcracker. They would not want to listen to O Come Emmanuel. As would mine. <laughs> It just it works as incidental music to a family dinner, as well as it works as incidental music to a ballet. Yes. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, Emily, okay. you've, we've been talking over you a lot. Yeah, sorry, Emily. Recently, yeah, we let you have a chance. I almost feel like it's impossible to choose because of the points you've articulated so well about <laughs> the Nutcracker having a timeless quality and the fact that it's remained and persevered in its original form right? That's still presented as in the original. Yet, O Come, Come Emmanuel has this evolutionary quality that it's been adapted in yeah. so many different contexts and orchestrations and genres that, with that same tune and similar pervasiveness. I don't know. <laughs> I know where I stand. I think I have, I think I've been swayed off of my initial thought of O Come, Emmanuel okay. to the Nutcracker Simply from the fact that I was aware of the Nutcracker since I can remember. So I don't know how young that was, but like when I was tiny baby, I was listening to the Nutcracker. Whereas O Come Emmanuel, I was not familiar with that until I think like high school. Like, you know, when iPods and whatnot came out and I would have my own Christmas music to listen to. And really, actually, it was the Mannheim Steamroller version of it that (laughs) first introduced me to it. So I think I'm just, I'm better friends with him than I am with Emmanuel. (laughs) I am also on the Nutcracker still. Yes, I think I agree, ultimately. When we originally said the Nutcracker versus the world, I kind of knew (laughs) the Nutcracker could take on the world. It's 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 incredible, isn't it? I mean, we, we've is, talked yes. about we've talked about so many things that even in the classical bracket, you know, some things were older or newer. Some things just dis, like describe it. And then when we talk about sacred music, like it describes the nativity and all kinds of stuff. But this is the Nutcracker, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Are, yeah. do we, have we settled it? I think we have. I think we've it's settled. It. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, friends and listeners, the best piece of Christmas music of all time, The Nutcracker. Yay! (laughs) And thank you. If you've you've stuck with us throughout the entirety of the longest podcast episode that we have ever recorded, thank you so much. From all of us here at the Coffee House, I think on behalf of all of us, I want to wish you all a very very happy holidays yes thank you so much for your dedicated listenership throughout the year and the years if you've been with us from the start we so appreciate it we hope to bring you excellent things in the future and thank you so much to our very special guest emily 
for coming on and litigating this expansive <laughs> topic with us here over the holiday seasons. Emily, I know that the thing that you most want to talk about is the coffee house itself, but is there anything else that you'd like to plug this holiday season? Well, yes, thanks for having me. I think this has been quite an interesting discussion. I hope everyone is encouraged to go explore some new holiday music and if you're looking for an excellent variety, I can recommend our recent American Holiday Festival. It's the annual holiday show of the United States Army Band Pershing Zone. And that is on YouTube to view on our channel at U.S. Army Band. I think we had quite a diverse lineup this year. There's some uh, different genres. There's a Latin ensemble. There's an orchestra. There's vocalists. There is an excellent finale of Go Tell It on the Mountain, Asa, which I know <laughs> you and I will enjoy very much. Uh, so you can see that on our YouTube channel and which we will put a link to in the episode description perfect lots of links to go check out in the episode description this time don't forget as well we have our entire Spotify playlist for everything we talked about in the brackets it would be I think very nice as your incidental music for dinner to put on shuffle yes indeed and I guess I guess that'll do it for us thank you again for listening do leave us a review on itunes google play spotify wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast uh we hope that you take the time to bring us into your household this holiday season and that you're having a wonderful very happy holidays so from the coffee house classical music podcast i'm asa i'm allison and i'm emily happy listening happy holidays thank you so much for listening Excerpts from the Nutcracker Suite were performed by the DuPage Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Barbara Schubert. You can find The Coffee House on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.